1: slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month.
0: This is Nick Cavanaugh from Reach NYC and you're listening to the great Talking Metal.
2: Hey, I'm Renee Mana from Reach NYC and you are listening to Talking Metal. Motherfucker.
3: All right, guys, this is episode 921 of the Talking Metal podcast. Uh, at some point... In the episode, I may say it's episode 920. I can't remember because I did that little bonus podcast as 920. This was originally supposed to be 920. I just didn't have it edited together in time. So it's actually 921. Our guest, Nick and Renee from the band Reach NYC and also... For the first time ever. My mom is on the podcast. Also my brother. So stay tuned for that. A big shout out to all the patrons who help us make this show possible. Like our brand new guy. Dane Damage. Thank you so much dude. We cannot thank you enough. And your large t-shirt. Talking metal t-shirt. Since you are pledging $5 a month. Will be mailed to you shortly. And anyone else out there who wants to pledge five dollars a month i will immediately mail you out a talking metal t-shirt of course you're also going to get bonus content on patreon including our weekly podcast so yeah big thanks to you dane and also a thanks to everyone else who joins us on patreon like madison hatter seth b alan jansen hank reeves john simpson huckney jacobson John Barron, Ed Ferguson, Denny Striegel, Patrick Sabin, Jerry from Salt Lake City, Blue Walsh 21, Victor Guzman, Glenn Watts, uh, Watson, Glenn Watson, uh, who was the guy who wanted the Alan Tecchio interview. Thank you, Glenn, for reconnecting me with my friend Alan Tecchio. Uh, Joey Cherry, Gene Eugene DX, Sean Richmond, Mario Charance, Andrew Miller from Canada jerry uh, jeremy jeremy weltman chris riley johan Erdström, steven rodriguez tommy anderson gregory muse kenny mccrimmon leo from alaska brad from utah and of course Yark metal dan guruan a big shout out to my man victor ruiz who does some of the bonus material with me on patreon Jerry from Long Island Sam Soupy Drake Matt Carroll Joe Ryan Jason Seth Steven Saylor Ron Keel Jean-Francois Blah, Anthony Mackey, James Bennett David Gray Fred Roots Michael Street Mike Jones Steve Hoker John Boivari and our longest running patron ever at this point Metal Dan thanks to you Metal Dan you rock at $10 a month wow cannot Thank you enough, Metal Dan. Let's get into the episode right now. This is Talking Metal, episode 921, possibly referred to as 920. (laughs) All right, before we get into the episode, one last thing. Drink Dash Vodka. It is the best vodka out there. I love this stuff. Dash Vodka. Big Talking Metal toast. Little Dash all right. Mm, that's delicious. Let's get into the episode. All right. We are kind of having a unique show this week because I'm not home. <laughs> I'm on my Zoom microphone, not not to be confused with Zoom, the... Uh, thing that everyone uses in this covid world to connect with one another. But this is my Zoom recorder, the H5 handy recorder, and I am down at my mom's. We are camped out down here for 4 days, the whole family, two kids, Emily and myself, the two dogs, uh my mom's brand new place. It's just a hectic time. I won't go into the details, but our house is on the market and we had to vacate our house for a while. So that's what I'm doing here today, just hanging with you guys. The format is a little off, but here's my guest for today. We have a a great band, by the way, called Reach NYC. We're gonna talk with Renee and Nick from that band, and that's gonna end today's show, okay? And we're also gonna interview my mom. (laughs) In-person interview, I love in-person interviews. And my brother, who lives not far from where my mom lives. He and his wife and his kids came over a couple times while we were down there. So it was great to hang with him. But we shared some memories that we're going to share with you guys. So it's a very personal show for me, literally. I mean, we have my, my family on the show with me. And you'll just get a little bit of a look inside my life you know, if anything, if you're interested in who I am, you might learn something about that today. You might not. You'll also hear some great discussion on on rock music from my brother and I really get into some great discussion about bands and my mom shares some great insight too. So I hope you enjoy this kind of different episode of Talking Metal today. And as always, thank you for your support. Thanks to everyone on Patreon. We're going to do another classic album segment, kind of the the classic album book club segment with the patrons of Patreon, where we all get together to talk about one of our favorite records. It's going to be Holy Diver by Dio, okay? So stay tuned for that. But I did want to mention John Schaefer of Iced Earth. Big news this week is he is going to turn and, I guess, rat out some of his fellow Oath Keepers. Victor and I spoke about this on the recent Mark Striegel podcast which is the Patreon only podcast but the thing that no one's picked up on is in the front page New York Times article about about this was it the article ends with saying that John Schaefer will most likely go into witness protection uh, after this the witness protection program so we're we're never going to hear from this guy again you know whether he does jail time after becoming an informant is debatable. He still might have to do some time. I kind of doubt it because if he goes into witness protection, you know, even in jail, there's there's not a witness protection. So I thought that was such a big story, and it doesn't seem like anybody's picked up on it. John Schaefer of Ice Earth mentioned in the New York Times, and they do briefly say that he is also known for his work with the heavy metal band iced earth so there you go probably the only time iced earth has ever been mentioned in the new york times and uh yeah i guess we can say goodbye to him because he will more than likely be taking on a new identity and a new life, kind of like, uh, you know, what is this? Better Call Saul, where Saul, Saul Goodman, what is, is that his name? I can't remember. Uh, goes in, I'm talking, talking about the Breaking Bad lawyer and the Better Call Saul guy, goes in into a uh, witness protection program and is like sweeping up at a Krispy Kreme, right? <laughs> the beginning, I believe, of that. It's either the beginning of Better Call Saul or the end of Breaking Bad. I think it's the beginning of Better Call Saul. So there you go. John Schaefer, goodbye, and we will not see you again, it doesn't sound like. Although we may continue to hear about your your informing over the next few months. I could see you being in the news for at least a few more months before you disappear forever into witness protection, and there you go. So what else did I see in the news off the top of my head? It's nothing that I can remember. A lot of people getting their vaccines, guys. Rob Halford, Paul Stanley, Tracy Guns. We all got to get our vaccines so we can get back to having live concerts. I have been vaccinated, had my second vaccine on February 4th, so it's been a while. I'm ready to rock, guys. Please join me. Let's do this together. Man, I had no reaction basically off the first shot and the second shot. And I was a little tired and had the chills for literally like two or three hours. And then I was fine. And I mean, it wasn't even that big of a a discomfort. So if you're you're not going to have any issues, you know, I know there's been some extreme cases, like one out of every million people who get it have gotten severely sick and one person died and all this stuff. That's not going to happen to you guys. There's a better chance you're going to get in a car accident and get killed going to the grocery store than you are getting the vaccine. And there's a way bigger chance that if you don't get the vaccine, you're going to get COVID and get really sick or even die. So just get the vaccine, guys. Let's open this world back up. Let's rock together again. And if there's anti-vaxxers out there listening, listen. I'd like to say I respect your opinion, but I don't. I don't. We all need to do this together. This is absolutely not a political issue whatsoever. This is uh, an issue that's going to give us all freedom. The true freedom is going to be getting the vaccine because that gives you freedom again. If you don't want to get the vaccine, sure, are you are you free to go out and do whatever you want. Well, depending on what state you're in, sure, or what country you're in, sure, but you're not free from getting COVID or spreading it to somebody else, killing a loved one because you spread it to somebody else. Eh, I'll shut up. Just get the vaccine, guys. Come on. Freedom is what awaits you once you get the vaccine, in my opinion. All right, so this is my mom, and uh, let's talk with her right now. Hey, so we're doing something a little bit different today. We're kind of uh, going in a different format direction, and that is because we, the Striegals, Emily, our two sons, our two dogs, we had to vacate our house for a number of days, and we've actually been staying in my mom's new house here in Central Jersey. And for the first time ever, I believe, after 920 episodes, I want. I wanted to bring my mom on the show to talk just a little bit about her relationship with heavy metal music and hard rock music, because we were just talking earlier and she was talking about Ozzy's Boneyard on Sirius, but we'll get there. But before we do that, mom, what are some of your earliest memories of your son, me, liking more louder rock and let's talk about that because it was a band like Kiss in the 70s they were a little out there you know they were compared to what maybe you were used to or anyone was used to at that at that time Uh, so what 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 do you remember about me taking a liking to rock music in general
1: well basically I remember that I drove you to high school every morning in Hinsdale Illinois, where right. we lived, when you were in high school. And um, as we drove, it was only about a five-minute drive, probably, but we always had heavy metal playing on the radio. Right. And um, you would coach me about who the bands were and <laughs> how to recognize right. them, and I got pretty good. I could definitely um, tell um, ACDC from uh, Van Halen, and right. um, you know, um, you would quiz me, even about okay you know what what's what band is this and when i hear that high pitch kind of screaming kind of singing i'd say oh acdc right
3: you were able to identify it but even going back that was high school so that was the 80s going back to when i was a younger kid i have memories of listening to your your beatles records before i was even into kiss and, like, miming in, in the living room there to the Beatles and liking some of the more aggressive songs. Do you remember that at all?
1: Mm, I no, can't say not really. that I do yeah. remember that. I don't remember you. Well, what Beatles about Kiss, been...
3: like, as a, as a kid? When well, do you...
1: of course, I remember. You know, they, that was a big uh, passion of yours. And, yeah, I remember that the, um, the makeup and the costumes and everything. Yeah. And you thought really they were a little outrageous. goofy. Yeah, you, yeah. Yeah. Outrageous. Were
3: you, uh, cause I always felt like I was asking you to buy me kiss records and you didn't want to. And I remember getting other records like Sean Cassidy and the village people and say, <laughs> well, try this. Maybe this is more your, your style. And, and even a, a Blood, Sweat and Tears record and stuff, which I liked. I liked the, that music, but it, I felt like you were resistant to KISS for an eight-year-old.
1: Uh, Is,
3: do you remember I, that I, or not? I
1: don't really remember right. that, you know? And and then at um, some point you gave in, I feel I, like. I guess, because, I mean, like right now when KISS comes on the radio when i happen to have on a a station that carries that kind of music you know um yeah i i i like listening to it actually you know i want to rock and roll all night party every day
3: (laughs) so so we will get to what you told me earlier about listening to ozzy's boneyard on sirius but you took me to my very first Heavy metal concert. It was Heavy Penton, followed by Saxon, followed by Motley Crue. A very long night, I would think, because we were there for all three of those bands. And I remember after it was over, you thought Saxon was actually the best uh, out of the three. I remember you telling, which I think what happened, what, the way I remember, by the time Saxon was done and Motley came on, the energy level of the crowd went down because they were so exhausted from two, two <gasps> bands already. But what do you remember about that show?
1: Uh, the main thing I remember is that um, like, when we went in and uh, gave our tickets to the ticket taker he said some snide comment to me about oh mom's heading out to the you know concert with the with the kids tonight you know he pegged me right away as mom even though i thought i was being real cool in my jeans and everything being there you know so um that that didn't set really well (laughs) with me but um then we got to our how old were
3: you at this point because you were you were like were you even 40? I'm trying to think. You were probably in your late How 30s. How old were you? I was I was 14. 14. Yeah, cuz it was 1984.
1: 14. Um, 24, 34. I was 36. Right,
3: right. Which is <laughs> wild for us hard rock and heavy metal people to think because everyone a lot of the people not everyone we do have some younger listeners who we value a, a lot but a lot of us guys are in our late 40s and all the way through our late 50s who listen to this podcast now so it's kind of uh interesting to think that you are even way younger than we are now right, and right. they pegged you as mom right yeah. right yeah
1: but then when we got to our seats i don't know if you remember but I was really interested to see that there was like a guy who I thought was probably in his fifties sitting like in the row ahead of us. I think we were kind of in a balcony thing. Right. Uh, looking yes. down. It was general admission,
3: but we wandered around and found yeah. some seats in the balcony. And,
1: and he was totally rocking out. You know, he was like so into it. And, you know, just totally with the music and, you know...
3: Probably maybe, on drugs, possibly, uh, but Maybe, yeah. <laughs> but,
1: you know, and I thought, oh, wow, he's so much older than me, you know? Right. And, you know, so you know, I shouldn't feel bad about being here, you know? Right. Yeah.
3: But it was in those times, and we've spoken about this on the podcast before, that, that those bands like Motley Crue and Iron Maiden, it was primarily youth that followed these bands there weren't I mean there weren't a lot of people in their 20s I mean you cited this one guy but in general it was this was a kid's thing you know and that's something we lose sight of now when we go to concerts and everyone's you know fat and bald and you know old like 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 we are um but it's uh, not that anyone in this room is fat and bald uh thank you but but but, um yeah so it, it is it is uh interesting but you never went to any I think that was it right you didn't really go to any other concerts you would drop us off right, at some, right right
1: yeah Yeah. so I can remember taking you and picking you up at other concerts but yeah um I think that was the only one I actually attended with you that you know qualified as like heavy metal you know Right. and of course you know it's given me bragging rights over all these years you know to occasionally tell people, you know, that, yeah, I saw Motley Crue live in before, concert. Yeah,
3: in a theater, nonetheless, before they were fam- really famous. I mean, they were starting to get famous at that yeah. point. But um, so, but nowadays, like, as, as in your younger days, you weren't really a big fan of this. You wouldn't seek it out and listen to this style of music. But nowadays, you've actually found yourself turning on Like Ozzy's Boneyard, when you're alone in your car, Ozzy's Boneyard, of course, if you guys don't know, which I'm sure most of you do, maybe some of the international listeners don't know, is a station on Sirius that plays basically hard rock from the 70s and 80s. And you actually have found yourself listening to that station and enjoying it.
1: Yeah, that's true. I I, um, actually... Sometimes when I had come up to stay with your kids and then was driving home late at night in order to help myself stay awake and alert behind the wheel, I would turn on, you know, some really loud um, music. So uh, so Ozzy's Boneyard fit the bill. And um, yeah, I remember... Recently, I had had it on the night before, and then the following day, it was still set to that station, and I um, was going to give a ride to someone else in my car, (laughs) and she got in the car, and that music started, and, and she was like, totally in shock that i was yeah. listening to heavy metal so yeah right. so but i mean yeah it keeps you awake when you need to stay alert behind the wheel but you know i like the tunes and some you said of you like yeah.
3: earlier you said you they have hooks and and memorable yeah, yeah. right melodies. right yeah
1: yep. so you know um yep i always like sammy sammy hagar and um, right. you know um van halen and you know especially and um, yeah so it's Good stuff.
3: Well, I remember you and Dad picking my friend Terry and I up from the Sammy Hagar concert at the... I believe that was at the Chicago Pavilion. And Sammy, unlike most bands who ended at midnight... I remember him on stage saying, well, we, we get charged, a, we get charged a fine if we play past 11, but we're going to play as long as we want. And I remember we got to the car at like twelve fifteen, and, and you guys were not happy that it had gone so late, but that, that was my, yeah. Um, but, uh, you got, I, I don't it. remember that one. Yeah. So, sorry. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Crocus had opened that show, Crocus and Sammy Hagar, but okay guys well I want to thank my mom for finally checking in here on episode 920 of the Talking Metal podcast and thank you for letting us stay at your house these last few days as we try to put our house on the market and sell you're it
1: you're very welcome and yeah it's a privilege and an honor to <laughs> okay. be on the podcast thanks mom thanks Mark okay. Bye. love you love you love <laughs> you
3: All right, Jackie Striegel, my mom. Great to hang with her and a big thanks to her for letting us stay at her place for a number of days. And what we're gonna do right now is we're gonna get into my chat with my brother, Mike Striegel. Everyone check out his Instagram, which we're gonna link through the show notes, his video production company's Instagram. He needs some followers, definitely, so check him out. And right after we talk with my brother, we will speak with my friend Nick Cavanaro and also Renee from the band Reach NYC. Here we go. Hey, I'm continuing my family interviews here, and we had my mom on earlier. Now we are still at my mom's. It's actually the next day, and my brother is here, who is four years younger than me, and Mike, I wanted to tell you, there's a new cool store around the corner called Rock and Roll Art Revival. You got to go check it out. Okay, uh, You guys should sure follow them on Instagram. I'll, I'll put up their uh, their link in the show notes. And they have all this high end, cool, like rock and roll art, you know, posters, concert posters. And then they also have vinyl albums, books, jewelry, all sorts of stuff. A very cool store that everyone in New Jersey that everyone should check out and we will put up their Instagram in today's show notes, rock and roll art revival. Emily and I were both there. I was there twice this past weekend, just great stuff. So Mike, let's go back to when we were kids. What are some of your earliest rock memories? I think, uh, thanks first of all for, for having me
4: on. Sure. I appreciate this. This is cool. Um, lot of rock memories so i'll I'll go back to to the earliest memories i have and you know i would i would have to say it was growing up in morristown new jersey and uh, i couldn't have been more than three or four years old and we were obviously at that age you know in the late 70s very much into kiss and uh still I'm totally into Kiss as well as I know people listening know you are, but I am as well. And um, I would have to say, being turned on to the excitement and the energy and the theatrics, and of course these super, you know, godlike personas of of them, um, you know, all four members, was some of the earliest memories I have. And getting my first album which was actually uh, Dressed to Kill. Um, I remember getting so you, this out. You album. got
3: that before the Ace Frehley solo record?
4: Well, I, I believe I got I got them both around the same time. Yeah, okay. And I, I m- seem to have a very clear memory. It was probably around, again, fourth or fifth birthday that I got Dressed to Kill and an Ace Frehley doll. Right, I remember that. The yeah. original Kiss dolls. And we
3: actually tried to chip some of the makeup off to of see what doll, Ace because, really looked yeah, like. Yeah, because... At that time, no one knew what Kiss looked like. It was a very <laughs> we, secret thing. We so. thought
4: that getting the makeup off the doll would, yeah, would reveal would real his heal. true identity. I mean, we would have
3: uh, we would have an in on what Ace looked like. But back in those days, I remember even going around, you know, and we'd be at the mall, and we'd be like, hey, that might be yeah. Gene Simmons it over there. Be. Yeah, and, and there, was this New such, York. there was you such know, a we, mystery. Being
4: yeah. in the suburbs of New York City, you know, we yeah. always thought that we might— catch a glimpse of them and not even know it could have been them walking down the street. So yeah, that's some of my earliest memories. And we would also have kiss concerts in our, in your bedroom. It was always in your bedroom. You had the stereo, I believe in your room.
3: Yes. And some really cool, uh, psychedelic shag carpeting, which was left over from the people before us. Yeah.
4: Yeah. And that worked to our advantage because it definitely enhanced our, our concert, uh, vision that we had in our, in our little, you know, boy minds at that time and and we would use the uh our matchbox tracks yeah
3: they were actually hot wheel tracks hot wheel tracks the orange hot wheel tracks if you guys i'm sure maybe a few of you know what we're talking about but they were these just you know they would fit to the size of the hot wheel and you could race them down these orange tracks but we'd use a strip of the track as a guitar right
4: yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, they who knew when we got these Hot Wheel tracks, you know, that we were going to, in fact, you know, they would second as guitars for us as we shredded along to. Um, so, hey, we might have started the whole air guitar thing.
3: And you, you told me the other day we were talking about this and you said that I was very um, controlling over yeah. what characters well, yeah. and, you and how you had to play.
4: insisted on being Gene and Paul there was just the two of us so we would yeah. alternate our roles and depending on the song that was playing and who had the vocals you know but you being that at that point all the vocals were right. gene and paul you yes. were you, yeah. you were singing well peter along. had some of the vocals that's yeah. true yeah. he had a couple songs but um anyway so yeah i was always ace and uh and peter which i didn't mind at all uh and uh yeah if i was not playing it "Quote unquote," playing it right on the Hot Wheels track, you would, you know, give me con- constructive criticism <laughs> and right. feedback right away. That's not how he plays, and make sure you go down on your knees because when he when he's playing the solo, that's right. what Ace does. So you gotta you gotta really get into it, and then yeah. we would flash on and off the lights to make it like our right, you know, the yeah. the uh, our pyrotechnics as yeah. best we could. That was uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I crazy
3: memories, that. and it's so interesting because I don't think we were alone in our experience where Kiss was this bridge between, you know, Spider-Man and Superman yeah. and rock and roll right on. Um, because of what they did. And I, I think back, you know, Alice Cooper, I didn't get into yeah. Alice Cooper until really the 80s after yeah. the fact, you know, and then I went back and discovered how great he was. Yeah. In the late 70s, Alice wasn't quite as popular. I feel like he kind of dropped off after like, Welcome to My Nightmare, 75, right? Uh, maybe he was still going like 77. But by the, 78, 79, his popularity had definitely waned. And I, I didn't know anything about Alice Cooper in those times. And when you think about it in some weird way, I mean, sure, Gene Simmons was spitting blood. And the, Kiss, still at that time, I know in today's times, they might look almost, you know, to some people they're not scary at all, but there was still like a, a danger about them at that time. But unlike Alice, like they weren't cutting off people's heads. It wasn't, they didn't take it quite to the theatrical extreme that, that he did. And I, I almost wonder if that made it even better for little kids to get into it. You know what I mean? They, 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 they were dangerous, but they weren't quite as dangerous as, you know, Even, you know, the stones or something where they're like, you know, these doing drugs and, you know, and stuff like that. We didn't
4: know anything about that. Yeah, you know, it was
3: still there was always it was always packaged. There was a safety to it that, that, that yeah, it worked. They could have the, the KISS remote control van and the KISS dolls and the toys and the... Comic books, yeah. every,
4: everything, you know, and and again... Color bri- forms, remember those? Yeah, of course. KISS color we, we forms. We had those too, but just bridging that gap between, you know, the fantasy, sci-fi, and rock, you know, just masterfully brought it all together for, for kids of the 70s, um, nothing like it. But yeah, Alice, I, just, I didn't either get into Alice until... Um, you know, I guess that was probably 86, correct me if I'm wrong, where Constrictor came out. Right. And then I was like, well, who is this guy? And I was a, a lot, not a lot older, but fairly older, a couple, what, six years, seven years older than I was in, in that period we just discussed in the late 70s, rocking out with our Hot Wheels tracks. But I feel like Alice was something that at that point, who seemed a little more mature to your point with like his theatrics were a little like, you know, again, cutting head, his head off and all that. Like suddenly he had gone through that dark period of the early eighties, but then came back and came back. I mean, he's back. Right. Right. was the single off Constrictor that, that caught my attention. Right. Um, You know, for, I don't know, Friday, the 13th part. I don't even know what
3: the song I remember bringing me, getting me into Alice was "Teenage Frankenstein"
4: off of that album. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. as well. Yep. Yeah. And I think that I actually bought that cassette tape, and um, I'm sure at that point you highly recommended it. And you would always say too, "Hey, I think you should buy this." album yeah because i knew if you bought it i'd get to listen (laughs) to it exactly (laughs) and and there's another i mean i could go on about alice because i I love alice and everything that he is and um and represents but uh there's another alice memory and the cassette tape memory that i have with you as well and that was you were going to school in boston right way at college berkeley and you sent me for my birthday an Alice Cooper cassette tape, right? Okay, raise your fist and yell, right? And it just been released, and you were very thoughtful to send me this and send it down to you know my house in (laughs) Jersey. I have a feeling I know what you're gonna say, parents' house in Jersey at the time. And you mailed it from Boston. I thought, wow, that's cool. Mark remembered my birthday and sent me this tape, right? And I opened the package, yeah, very excitedly, and uh, I the tape was already open (laughs) and the letter inside that you wrote hand wrote said hey mike happy birthday i hope you don't mind i opened this tape and gave it a listen it's really good right enjoy
3: yeah well i taped it that was the thing i had yeah Yeah. i had i had dual to dual hey that's cassettes and i remember i i had taped it before i sent it to you which you know was Mm -hmm. a whole way that you know we would exchange music back in the day taping your friend's records and and stuff like that. But um, yeah, so I, yeah, we could go on about Alice for a long time, but yeah, it was interesting that I, I really felt he was absent from radio absent from public eye. For you know, at least through the late 70s through the mid yeah. 80s, it was you know, and he then he really made a comeback. Um, he did
4: and I just watched, ironically enough, the um Muppets episode with Alice Cooper on it. And he's what great. What year was that? I, 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 you know, I don't like know. It had to be 70, I think it might have been a year or two later, 78, yeah. Yeah. maybe yeah. 79. Okay, but uh, he's great, of course, in it. And um, I think the album after Welcome to My Nightmare was from the inside. Okay. And I I might we might need to check that out, but I'm pretty sure it was from the inside. And I don't think that album resonated as well with, you know, after such a huge album like Welcome to My Nightmare. But right. I love it. Um, Nurse Rosetta, there's so many great songs on there. But he played a song and I forget what like his main single was from that, but it was really like Almost like a you know, in the likes of like a Helen Reddy, you know Neil Diamond kind of esque vibe of that, you know. And I don't know if it was from the inside or or go to Alice Cooper goes to hell. What came out next? But anyways, he played a song. That's off a great. Of from one. The, I love that record from the yeah. inside. Yeah. Listen, I love every Alice album has uh, something to offer. So the
3: Muppet Show. I mean, we won't get into this, but we watched. It's up on Disney now, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We watched some of those completely. In politically correct, yeah, and like, like just the way that they were talking about like sexual innu- 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 innuendos, yeah, and, everywhere. and and there's
4: warnings, you know, even like you know it says this show may depict tobacco use. It's like right. it's the Muppets. Like, yeah. what are we seriously? Yeah. What?
3: There oh, was man. one we were watching an episode with Sandy Duncan. And it was real racy, man. I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow. And yeah, that's a whole nother conversation just about how we've completely gone off the the rails with our political correctness and that the Muppet shows isn't even politically correct nowadays. But uh, back to rock, I did want to actually talk to you about more of the eighties metal stuff, but I do want to give you a big shout out because you've helped through the years with a lot of our videos behind the scenes with talking metal. So you have been involved with talking metal uh, there's been many videos that you've worked on for us. I know the one, if you guys haven't seen it, with John Astronomy and Damon Johnson, Mike edited that all together, them talking about guitars. That's a great watch. And more recently, the Paul Stanley interview, you put that together in the, the intro and did the editing on that, which yeah, turned out great and did really well for us.
4: Thank you for that. Yeah,
3: you bet. So let's talk about the... Um, actually, before we go there... What is your video company? Now let's give that a plug, and we'll link the Instagram through the show notes today. Yeah,
4: sure. Well, it's a, called Film at Eleven Productions, and um, you know, just getting it off the ground and, and starting off here. Um, so, I'm actually working on some other projects local to the area I live in in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, right now. Um, but you can see all that if you um, if you go to the Instagram Film at Eleven Productions. Uh, is the handle. Instagram only at this point. Um, Just starting off there, but again, very much in the infancy stages of launching it, and um, yeah, I'm excited for what comes
3: out of that and what's ahead. Good luck with that, definitely, and you definitely have a lot of talent as an editor and a great eye with the graphics and everything, so if anyone needs any video help, I mean, everything is... uh, virtual nowadays and very easy to get you some video files to work with so definitely check mike out you can also reach out to me directly and i can hook you up with mike's contact info um so we i'm trying to think now we've been to a number of concerts together through the years but i wouldn't say a ton really well i think we could always go to more for sure yeah yeah yeah, and we will but but
4: Yeah, I think Monsters of
3: Rock. I mean, because when I was was in high school, you were still a little young to be going to shows. Yeah, and then I mean, we're four years apart. And then by I I remember, yeah, going to Monsters of Rock. Now I'm not sure what year that would have been if that was 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 the summer of '88. Sound right? '88.
4: I'm pretty sure '88.
3: Yeah. Um, So that was Kingdom Come, followed by. Metallica, I believe, then followed by Dokken, then Scorpions, then Van Halen. That was a great Epic. night. I remember, I believe my memories of this were we drove to Philadelphia. We were living in yep. central Jersey, and we JFK. brought our neighbor with us. Uh, Vito, Vito Cassano. Yeah, yeah, Vito Cassano. Vito's Pizza. And pen you were friends with the two boys, yeah, Vito and Vince yep. Cassano. And what is he up to nowadays? Yeah. Yeah, the, they own the pizza place in Pennington,
4: New Jersey, Vito's right. Pizza, and Vito still run the business there. And also, their sister Ann Casano, right. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and yeah. Vince yeah. and yeah, you were friends, with Vito. And Vito came with us. Yeah, and uh, it was really just mind blowing. I mean, I was younger than Vito, so I went with Vito, two years younger than Vito, and you, and you right. four years older. So I was the the youngest uh, in our little you know, trifecta going down to Philadelphia, JFK, no longer there, um, JFK stadium, rest yeah. in peace. But a lot of history in that stadium for sure from live aid and. You know, oh, was, right. Yeah, right. That's, that's right. That yeah. was and uh, so yeah, monsters of rock. It was, it was a terrifyingly great experience for me again, being as young as I was and, and in this, I mean, I don't know how many people do you think were in attendance? I just it seemed like
3: well, it was like general admission, so it it was yeah, it was all it, there had to be. I don't know. It could have been it could have been twenty five thousand. It could have been forty. I I don't. It seemed like an insane amount of yeah. people for me.
4: Again, this I being would being say closer concert, to twenty
3: five, maybe less. Who knows? Who knows?
4: Going, we were on the floor and we worked our way. Uh, so, so i remember here's what i, I remember we park
3: parking the car and it was a mob scene getting in there and kingdom come was playing yep and i was I bummed out because i wanted to hear them play get it on and i remember hearing it as we were outside uh-huh. and them ending and i couldn't believe oh man we missed kingdom come yeah. yeah yeah i remember
4: you being bummed about that uh but we got in and then it was just to work our way through the crowd and i mean Again, being like in eighth grade at the time, and the smell of stale beer and cigarettes and and weed was just right. everywhere. And um, we were <laughs> we worked our way up again. You were leading us, you know, the three of us through the crowd and just worked our way. And we, I don't know, we seemed so close to the stage for Metallica. Yeah, yeah, and Metallica comes on. Just tearing the stage
3: apart. And I remember. Yeah, this got to be at like 12 noon or something. Yeah, it was was like early early in the day. It could have been later than that, but it, it was definitely earlier in the day.
4: So as we're watching this, I don't know what song was playing, but suddenly a mosh pit formed. Right. Right. Like we're in the middle of it, and the crowd just like you know. And for anybody who's ever experienced, was this your first this, concert? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, <laughs> well, the mosh bit. We were caught in a mosh for right. sure. Yeah, you know. and What a uh, way to
3: start things off!
4: And so the crowd for
3: your like like, concert experience.
4: The crowd formed this circle. We're in the middle, and I was like, "Holy, what are we doing?" You get, and we moved to the side, and um, and everybody started going crazy, and it was just amazing. Um, regretfully, I did not jump into that mosh but everything happens for a reason and then
3: do you remember as metallica played so guys again we are at this i mean metallica didn't play for more than an hour maybe maybe a little more i don't know but uh and justice for all was not out yet i remember they did play one song off the upcoming record which was i believe harvester of sorrow but during their set And again, this is Mike's first time ever at a concert. I know what you're going to say. A guy with like a a buff looking dude. Buff. He was like
4: huge, like gnarly looking guy. Bald head, like tattoos on his head. Yeah. Yeah.
3: He came through the and he had a knife out. Yep. Big buck knife. And he's just
4: holding it above his head.
3: Yeah. And the crowd cleared pretty quickly for him. Yeah. Yeah. That might have been before
4: the mosh pit started. but Definitely the same. Yeah. Yeah, This guy wanted to get
3: up front and he looked like, you know, like a ex-marine or current I mean younger guy though but you know looked hardcore guy like he no one was gonna mess with him and he just some things yeah Yeah. and just walking (laughs) but not an older guy from what I remember but just walking through the crowd with this massive knife out yeah and I mean the fact that he got in with this knife I mean because this wasn't a little tiny knife this is a big big knife. knife yeah yeah and and just cleared it was like you know cleared the crowd walking through the parting uh, the seas. yeah parting yeah. the seas like jesus <laughs> yeah and just walking through the uh or was that moses i'm not sure yeah uh, at moses part yeah. Of the seas. yeah and just walking walking through the the crowd so un- unbelievable <laughs> then docking came on and i remember yeah. the the energy level went way down for dock and yeah I, I was happy yeah. to see them and love you were always a big docking oh yeah for yeah. sure um but scorpions then i remember being great scorpions. i remember they they played while the sun was still up but yeah. i think by the time they were it was set done for was, sure while yeah they were and on. then uh i do remember van halen Me just too. doing a great set and even I sammy I, I do remember him saying you know because at this point eddie was who knows what he was on at this point or what was going on with eddie but the rumors were kind of out that you know Eddie wasn't always having a good show every night. Um I think he may have been drinking and drugging a little bit much at that yeah. time or it was catching up to him. But I remember Sammy after Eddie's solo stop and saying, "Man, that's the best he's played and you know, all tour. You guys are in for a treat tonight." And he was on fire yeah. that night. Sounded so good. Yeah. Um and so great. And I don't I feel like they didn't play many Roth era songs. Like just a handful, like Panama and Yeah. Did they do jump? I can't even remember. If they I did don't jump. recall yeah. jump. Yeah.
4: I, I I recall Panama though, and yeah. of course. Had, and from you Hagar's, really got me.
3: They did. You really got me. And ha, from yeah. Ain't and, talking about love. I think they did. Yeah, but yeah. And from
4: Hagar's era, you know, they did uh, only one way to rock. I think they open the
3: yeah, set yeah. They that. did that, and I believe they did. I they do. I can't drive fifty five. I, I think, and think they so. may have done also heavy metal. The song off the heavy metal we'll soundtrack dig
4: we'll have to check out the set yeah online, I, the, those, can find that. yeah i don't know yeah i may it's be mistaken time.
3: i don't have my phone on me or i could do it right now but the yeah so that that was a great memory yep. um then you know we, we've been going a while here so i do need to wrap it up mike but of course we saw kiss together in the, in the reunion tour and the unplugged and yeah well lots here's the story uh, yeah real quick, i know
4: we're, yeah. we're going you know long here but i just ran into a, a girl at starbucks must have been maybe 12 or 13 years old and um you know i'm ordering my my drink at the counter and i look down she's waiting to pick up her drink and she has a kiss shirt on right okay you know and i thought that's so cool this is you know wow young girl you know so i i uh ordered my drink and then i went down to wait near her um where she was waiting for her drink and i was like oh i like your shirt and she was like oh thanks and uh I was like, you know, I'm a big Kiss fan. And she was like, oh, that's cool. I was like, yeah, you know, it was just the anniversary of them announcing their reunion tour on the USS Intrepid. It happened April 14th, 1996. Nerd alert. Yeah, Conan O'Brien, you know, introduced the band. They were back together, the four original members. And she was looking at me like I was some crazy old man. I, I, I got the cue and I was like, well... I could geek out on history with you, but I, you know, I just want to say, nice shirt. I, that's awesome. Right. <laughs> I kind of yeah. backed away gracefully. Right. But on. yeah, it's cool that you know Kiss is still going strong. And yeah, we saw many shows. I mean, I think of ACDC, My 1st ACDC oh, show okay, was yeah. Okay. Yeah. That would have blow to be shortly after the, the, the
3: Monsters of Rock thing. Yep. Yeah. 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 That was that was a good. That was definitely. God, I don't know if that would have been the the second or third time I saw ACDC trying to think i guess maybe that was the second i always felt like acdc no disrespect to them um because they are the greatest but every time i saw them was a little little less little not as good as the previous time is that right yeah which i i just and maybe it's just because that memory of seeing them in 1985 on the uh, fly, fly on, on the, the wall, wall tour mm-hmm. was just so intense and and just the energy level just so crazy. I just always felt each time I saw ECDC which has been many times through the years, the energy level went down slightly from time to time, which makes sense. They're getting older. Yeah. yeah. And I
4: think, you know, even then, you know, as young as they still were then, they had been doing it for so long and I think that I mean just watching some of that old footage of Angus you know, in this day and age, what he was putting into those shows and to be doing it night after night for years right. on end. You know, I'm well, when I legend, saw them,
3: though. yeah. If you go back and watch, like I think it's one of Bon Scott's like last concerts or at least last tour with him that uh, live in Paris from like '79. I mean, he is on fire. That's a great watch if you haven't seen it in a while. I don't is know where the one you can where his see
4: it. pants rip like in the middle. I think so, concert, possibly. And they're so good. Yeah. Yeah, and, and
3: he's just going crazy his energy level. But that when I saw them five, six years later, he was still at that energy level. But then by the late eighties, it started to go down just, just a little bit. But yeah, um it's still still amazing. I mean Yeah. And I, I, I saw them I guess the last time I saw them was that weird last tour they did with Axel Rose and yeah, that sure. was really wild That's cool. because you got to see that yeah axel came out and he was you know axel everyone's like oh his ego is out of control he's such a and he was just this like humble guy That's amazing. standing kind of to angus's side uh-huh. you know and and just to see this guy who who let's face it in some ways has a big ego and you know his his had some crazy demands in the past and, yeah. you know, tweaked Chinese democracy for X many years before releasing it. He just... see It was just really cool to see him just this humble guy. And he did a great job. He delivered really great. And it was, uh, I, I thought, a really unique rock and roll experience to see that. But yeah. uh, ACDC, great band. One of my favorites, yep, for sure.
4: Absolutely. But yeah, the list goes on and on um, of concerts that we've seen, but uh, it certainly... Would love to see many, many more as we get back to some sense of normalcy, hopefully
3: in the next year or so here. Absolutely. Well, we do have to wrap it up, Mike, and we're going to get right into an interview right now with a band called Reach NYC. So give it a listen if you can. And I did tell Nick that we were going to meet up for an in-person interview to kind of make up for the lousy quality on this. So I hope to do that with him sooner than later. And here we go to take us out, Reach NYC, and I'll come back and check in with you guys after that. Hey, it's Mark Striegel of Talking Metal, and on the line we have Renee Mata and Nick Cavanero of the band Reach NYC. How are you guys?
0: Hey, what's going on? Pretty good.
3: What's going on, Mark? Uh, Not much. Thanks for joining me. I want to talk about these great new songs that I've heard off of the upcoming EP by Reach NYC. But before we do that, I first, Nick, just want to say this whole COVID thing was so such a bizarre time in all of our lives. And I I keep replaying one of the last things I did before whatever you want to call a quarantine or lockdown was I went to a diner diner, in West Orange, New Jersey, and we had lunch together. And then like, Three days later, it was all over. So it
0: was, it was insane. I mean, I think it might be right around the, this day.
3: Yeah. Like
0: a year to this day or something. It was crazy.
3: Yeah. And I remember kind of just giving you a hug and thinking oh, maybe I shouldn't give no. the guy a hug, but I gave you a hug when we when, when you were leaving the diner. And so anyways, that memory sure, yeah, gets guess, replayed in my mind over and over again, because obviously I didn't go out to lunch with anybody for a long time. So anyways, I just wanted to throw that out there. We definitely need to reconnect in person at the Chit Chat Diner in West Orange, New Jersey real soon. And Renee, how have you been doing through this whole last year? You're keeping busy with stuff, obviously.
2: You know what? I worked in music, So I, I've definitely been keeping busy and, you know, we released our, you know, first song in 17 years. So that was definitely busy and, you know, kind of scary that, you know, you couldn't even play any shows around it. But, you know, it always helps that, uh, you know, a, a, we got like a bunch of good reception on the first song. A lot, a lot of support from a lot of big friends.
3: Right on. And we will definitely talk about those guests that you have on the record but let's talk about reach nyc so you said 17 years since this band has been out there doing it why is now 2020 i guess would have been when you guys kind of reemerged. the time for reach nyc to come back together come back out is it the same lineup as before just fill us in maybe a little bit of Uh, the history of the band and why now
2: you know what um, basically, you know, we started the band in 1996, right? Well, that's when I joined the band. Um, and Richie Cipriano, he was in a, the bass player in Sick of It All. And, uh, we, we had Dante Renzi on drums and we had Danny Martinez on bass. And, you know, we, we played in New York city scene. We were like, you know, Richie came from the hardcore part of like, you know, the music scene. And he was like, definitely trying veering away from it, starting a rock band. Right. And so we, we we actually didn't play with any of those bands. We played a few hardcore, like maybe one or two, but like we always ended up like being the opening end for like System of a Approach, opener, and we, you know we played with just like Static X, like all those like new metal bands that were co- coming out that time. And uh, I think basically after that, um, we, we played. We finally got a record deal in two thousand one, right, and like a month before the record deal, Dante quit the band, right? So, right. We literally played the next showcase and got a record deal. Jason Flop signed us to Label records. So that's like, you know, we put our record out in like 2000. One. So bad. I think two. No, no, definitely not one. It was like two or three, right? When the record came out. I think it was 2003. Um, we did the record uh, uh, with Jay Bound on our NRG Studios North Hollywood. And, okay. And, uh, my friend at the time, my Chester um from Lincoln Park, we may, we had a plan, they were doing their second record, a Meteora, and we came up with a plan of let's do let's spend all the summer together hanging out and being, you know, just completely stupid and having fun. So we like planned out, we recorded at the same time in the studio. And we did a re- uh, we finished our record, went on tour, you know, it was this thing like, you know, they pushed another band instead of us. We and then you know we we had an awesome time going around uh, the country playing with Gavin like, Essence and Papa Roach and Cypress Hill and The Hughes and Warped Tour and all this stuff and just an awesome time. Um, we didn't uh, get up really pushed by the label. They signed a band for four times more amount of money than us right after us called Smiley Soul, and uh, you know the writing was on the wall basically like we were we were definitely get dropped. Um, right. Right before we got a record deal, I had gotten this band signed called uh, Paris Flowers, and they turned into, you know, the change of name to Maroon 5. So we're getting dropped. They're blowing up. My wife's pregnant. We decided to just, you know, you know, like, just go our separate ways. I get an A&R job at Columbia Records um, from, you know, doing, you know, getting Maroon 5 to the record deal. and You know, that's how it just stopped that way. And then... Um, Fast forward to 2017, um, now my close friend, Chester. Uh, and mind you, like me and Nick I played in bands since we were like 17 years old. 17. He was, was like one of, one of the guys. I mean, the guy was like one of my closest and dearest friends. And we've been, you know, like it always felt right to have him in the band. So we played in right. a bunch of bands with the guys in reach. Uh, without the drummer that was signed. We had Dante back in the So we, we played with a bunch of different 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 lines, different names. It was basically Reach plus Nick. You know what I'm saying? Got Um it. so we did that for a few years. And then um you know finally just like you know me and Nick always played and you know we just like stopped playing. Um and I was just I was full on working in music. I got a bunch of bands signed. I, I'm doing like AR and managing producers. And 2017, Hanson, my close friend, uh, you know, passed away, committed suicide. Um, that that is
3: that's Chester Bennington.
2: Chester, yes, yeah. he was one of my best friends. He went suicide. I'm like pretty much like fucking devastated, and in like a massive depression. Like 2019, I'm like still in a fucking depression. Like I am just fucking completely, you know out of my, you know, like, just so, like, monumentally depressed. And um, life was hard on... uh, Definitely hard on the soul. Um, I was struggling. And then my my buddies in POD were just like, dude, why don't you open a few shows for us, man? You need to just... Let me tell you, like, the last night I respected with Chester, Nick came with me, and we had this humongous dinner, right? That that replaced
0: my mind, too. It was so great.
2: It, 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 It was like me... My buddy Matt Sorum from Gun the Roses, um, Jacoby Tobin and uh, and uh, Tony from Papa Roach, Marcus from Pod, um,
0: Rob, and Kidd, wow.
2: this, uh, uh Rob Caggiano from Bullet. Yeah. We had like we had there, right? We had we had this long ass table, right? And it was just uh, the most incredible time. Oh,
3: was this is in New York or LA? Me. Where was this yes, dinner?
2: It was on Houston at, at Emilio's. Oh, all right, sure. Yeah, so we had like this amazing dinner, and Chester's like. I got an idea. I got an idea for a tour next year. We're going to do fucking humongous places. It's going to be, I want Lincoln park. I want corn. I want limp biscuit. I want deftones. I want POD. I want, um, uh, Papa Roach. Um, uh, what's it called? I think somebody else. And then he goes, now I want reach to get back together and open up the show. I'm like, oh, my God. Are you out of your wow. mind?
3: Now, who said that to you? Who who said that to you?
2: Chester, Chester. Chester. So it was Chester's
3: idea to really get reached back together.
2: So, I mean. Wow. Marcus is like, yeah, that's cool. You should get your band back together. And I'm just like, thinking like, I'm like, fuck that, man. I don't want, like, I'm cool. I don't need to, you know, try to conquer the world again. I'm like a 40, we're all 40-year-old men. You know what I'm saying? But anyways, right. fast forward, Marcus is like, you know what? You should really listen. It was like. You know, Chester always wanted to play. Why don't you fucking get your band back together? Open a few shows. So, um, you know, we hadn't played in so long. And me and Richie, Danny, and Nick got together in a rehearsal room in Yonkers. And we started playing. and It was like magic. Like we never left. And you know what? Even more is like we were laughing our asses off. And it was just like so enjoyable. that we were just like, let's just fucking have fun and play shows. You know
3: hello renee oh, i think we lost him shit renee you there can you hear us
2: you know so you know oh, Steve conception we're just going up we love each other we love playing music and that's how we got back together right. and we started playing more shows and we we're just killing it and we we're just like let's go and then um my buddy don uh who signed lovely the band saw us play you were you know he worked over at the orchard and got us Gave us an EP deal out of the Orchard Sony.
3: And so that's that's where we're at. We got this EP coming out. And Renee, when does the EP actually drop?
2: I'm so bad at remembering days, but I think in May. Yeah. Okay. I
3: thought it was April, but that's all right.
2: Oh that the last, the next single is in April.
3: Okay. Right on. So She's there's there's two singles out now let's talk about the the songs that are out the coo- very cool music video actually let's let's uh, talk about that the song is back from the dead a song that I mean it sounds like this whole thing was was basically kind of, Inspired by by Chester Bennington and his suggestion, which I didn't realize, but the the lyrics, this specific song is something you use kind of as a healing mechanism to deal with uh, his death.
2: You know what? It it was we had written the song a while ago, right? We had a demo version, and we actually had Jacoby singing about it. We just never, you know, we just didn't feel right. So we did, you know, Jacoby had this idea, like, why don't we start it with the chorus? So we, we. we did that and recorded um, a few more parts on it, um, did a little more production on it. And but basically the song was about like, you know, the song was about like rising up. Just like, rise, like basically it was like about being depressed and just like coming back from coming back from the dead and like being emotionally like dead and just you know coming up and coming back like a Phoenix. Right rising on. from the
0: ashes.
2: Yeah. So um so it definitely took another turn. When I, you know, when we revived it and it definitely, you know, was there. It definitely felt like the spirit was in it for me at least. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And Jacoby, Jacoby is, you know, one of my you know, closest, you know, I love that guy. He's my brother.
3: Um, Jacoby from Papa just, shit. You know
2: Yeah, Jacoby Shaddock and he, you no, know, he just wanted to be on the song. And, you know, it, it just felt right. It all felt right and it felt in place.
3: Right on. And there's a great music video for the song back from the dead by reach NYC. Definitely check that out. I love the, the sci-fi kind of tilt on it. Good stuff. Who, who works on that video with you? Was there a certain director? You or? know what?
2: So the, the, the director was this, uh kid boy epic, right? Boy I, I literally epic. just got him. A, he's, he's an artist. He's a sick, like alternative pop artist. Like his stuff sounds like 21 pause, but I literally just got him a record deal with lava Republic. Like three weeks ago, wow, so he's, cool. he's indebted to do all of my videos for the rest of his life.
3: <laughs> right on. <laughs> anyway,
2: right on. so 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 the first video, I basically told him, um, I want something that like basically feels like you're lost, maybe like some lost I was like, you know, the, the, the feeling of being lost in life and and trying to make it back home. So he did this whole thing. And I told him how I love the, the the visual stuff <clears> on <throat> that movie Prometheus. Yeah, kind of yeah. like how like you know, like a precursor to like aliens alien. And all that yep.
3: Shit. I saw it. Yep, yeah. Great movie.
2: And, and it just had, like, I loved the imagery they had up there. And it was kind of, it's kind of funny because the lat at that dinner, um, they had like the whole cast of like, um, um, what's it called? Aliens covenant. we like sitting next to us. Oh, right? really? Well, wow. so it's like yeah. Billy Cutter up and like Zoe Kravitz mm. and, um, and, and, uh, back the guy that was the guy with Prometheus, uh, What's his name? Um, he was like the young Magneto guy.
3: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I, well, no, I know who you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. Well,
2: Michael Fassbender and Billy Cutterup also had Sam Rockwell there. So all the guys are like, you know, we're at the table and we're looking looking at them. And I'm I'm friends with Billy Cutterup and uh, Sam Rockwell. I know him for a while. And I turn around and I go, "Hey, what's up, guys?" They came over. I went over there. I gave him a hug. Uh, hugs him and we were just talking and that, and then uh, Chester comes over and Mark, Michael Fassbender is like, "Oh, I love Lincoln Park." It was it was, just like all actors on one side. I was like, "Yeah." From Eastbound and Down, and it was it was a funny night. We were just like, "What the yeah. hell?" And then on top of that, they're like trying to in, like totally embarrass me by toasting my name like 15 times in a row. You know, like Sam Rockwell and looking at am like, "I don't know." They're just trying to embarrass me for the
3: Right on, right on. Now, Nick, tell us about the other single that's out. It's automatic and great tune. Let's talk about who's the special guest on that one.
0: Well, Mark Morton is right, Mark Lamb of God. Yeah, yeah. Renee, and uh, well, that, basically, uh, that's a lot of uh, you know that he knew um Mark Morton and he did some it, as well.
2: Basically, this um my producer that I managed, Josh Wilbur. He produces all uh, Lamb God records, right, and he was doing a Mark Morton solo record. And then so they reached out to me to get a guest. And I got I got Chester. It was the last song I ever recorded was for Mark Morton's solo record. And I also got right. Jacoby to sing on So I got Chester oh, right. Jacoby to sing it. And then he was just like, Man, I just want to like do something with you guys. So you know he played the solo on a uh, automatic. And that's how that happened.
3: Very, very cool. And there are there's at least one other special guest on the record, right?
2: Uh that song? just those two.
3: Oh uh, well, Page Hamilton. Oh yeah, Oh yeah, we, oh, yeah I totally
2: forgot. <laughs> yeah, we got Paige Hamilton. Oh
3: yeah, a long time. Yeah. And what does totally he do? Space. What, what is he is he doing? So he solo well, we or song, rhythm?
2: Or? We have this song six years, right? And uh, basically, uh, it was um, a song. A, a, a song. We re- released a version on our, our record that you know we we definitely didn't weren't happy with, and you know, the, so this was the version. That we got a record deal from, and we just remastered it. And it has Paige on it. And basically, um, before Paige got Helmet back together, um, which actually I'm the one that totally orchestrated Helmet getting back together and doing that size matters record and getting me signed on Interscope. So he played on this demo, and we got a lot, you know what, playing on this demo, and it was like a big deal back then. Everyone was like, Paige, like, just like left, uh, like, David Bowie's band, and like, the next thing he does is. Playing a reach demo, how I did mean, that happen? And it just got us a lot of buzz and all stuff. So I go, I don't know how to your back in the case. I did that. So that's how that all
3: happened. Right on. Right on. And we are in our, our final few minutes here. But, Nick, real quick, can you? Tell me about meeting Rene for the first time. When was the first time you met him? Do you remember the first time meeting him? Oh man, I mean I met him through his cousin a long time ago.
0: And then I was in another band and actually you know was kind of leaving that band and then his I don't know, I think Marcos cousin said something to Rene and then he wanted to put some songs together or write some stuff and we started doing that you know and then we grew together with the New York scene and that's basically you know what happened right. and then, you know and then through years of you know me going to jersey and playing in all kinds of other outfits you know once um he he called me up one day after I was done doing you know some of the projects I was in in jersey and he was like hey man you want to play you know we need a second guitar player you know, we need someone to to add a different element of songwriting, singing and playing and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I was like, sure, you know, let's see what it's about, you know. So then, you know, I think we totally put some great stuff together
3: um, from that. Right on. Right on. Cool. And is there plans to play live yet or is it still kind of too early for that? Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. I forgot our first show. September, they just moved it from July uh, 20th to like it's, uh, September uh, 10th. Um, and it's uh, Incarnation Fest in Ohio. I know, I mean, last, the, uh, the year got canceled, it was, uh, the bill was like, It um, uh, was Weezer, Link Two, Pop Roach, Limp Biscuit, and a bunch of bands. And I think it's probably gonna be like a lot of the same bands too. Awesome. So that's our first show. Sounds bad. like an incredible and lineup. I, th- I think we're gonna be on like we're gonna be on a bunch of other festivals. Um we got a booking agent who's you know been taking care of it and he, he does like full beat and, and Metallica metallic and a lot of stuff. So it's, we've definitely been fortunate to, you know, just be lucky to have people like who wanna work with us.
3: Right on. And where is the best place that people can get in touch with you guys online? Is there a website? Is it social media?
2: A lot of I would guys. definitely say our
3: Facebook page or our Instagram. Okay, cool, cool. And the two songs are up there on Apple Music, I see. And Nick, you're saying Spotify too, right, I assume?
0: You know, any of the streaming outlets, but like Spotify
3: is just blowing up like crazy, you know? Cool. All right, guys. Thank you, man. I appreciate you doing this. And it will be posted, it could be another two weeks, but it'll, it'll, you know, we'll get it up as soon as we can. All right, great.
2: Thank you so much, Mark.
3: All right, Renee, thank you. Nice meeting you, man.
2: We'll Take
3: have care, you. man. Nice meeting you. Cool. All right, guys. Keep drinking the Dash Vodka. Dash Vodka is my favorite vodka. Ask for it at your local liquor store, and we will link that through the show notes. Dash Vodka is the drink to drink for sure. You want a smooth taste. You want something that lots of care and uh, handcrafted love go into when they make it, it's Dash. That's the vodka to drink, Dash Vodka. Thank you to everyone out there for joining me on this episode of Talking Metal. Consider supporting me on Patreon. Victor Ruez does now a new podcast. Not only do we have the weekly podcast that Victor and I do every week on Patreon, but now there's an additional podcast podcast that is a bi-weekly show on Patreon hosted by Victor Ruiz. And it is called The Recap Show, where he recaps everything I've done on the podcast. It's a great listen, highly recommended. And that is included for the people who do $5 a month or more. They get to listen to that. But for as little as $2 a month or more, you get a bonus podcast every week by me, no matter what it is i mean sure there might be one week where i don't do it for some reason but it's been like 80 episodes or something when we haven't missed a week yet so there you go all right guys take care and a big thanks to everyone for hanging with me thanks to reach nyc we're going to do a makeup interview with nick cavanero that sounds a little bit better than that cuz Renee, uh, man his connection was terrible so i uh, thanks for if you listen to that let me just say thank you. Okay. They're a great band. Check out their music and we'll talk later. All right. See you guys. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.